Let's head over to Sydney, though. Let's head over to Wollongong. That's where we find our next guest. Jack Clifton's been good enough to join us after a, what well, proved to be a pretty good day of cricket in the end. It looked like New South Wales were well on top and South Australia fought back late yesterday. Jack, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you doing? We're good. Um, how would you summate the day's play yesterday? It looked like it was heading for a, a one-sided result, potentially. New South Wales might have had the option of the follow-on there for a little while, but Brendan Doggett and Wes Agar were the stories with the bat. Yeah, it was frantic. It was a really frantic day. It seemed to move very quickly. South Australia resumed at 1 for 15 and ended up uh, posting 311, which, as you mentioned, Jacob, didn't look like the case, I guess, halfway through the day or in the early part of the, the second session. Um, some really good bowling from Liam Hatcher and Ben Dwarshus alongside Australian offspin and Nathan Lyon. And South Australia on the on the back foot. Um, but, yeah, the, it was the, the bowlers that really probably got South Australia out of trouble along with the crafty half-country to Alex Carey. Um, yeah, Wes Agar earlier in the day was hitting the ball all areas of the ground. It was a, it was a wonderful innings, and the, the South Australian coaching staff was sitting uh, just next to us on, on, on the live stream, and there was plenty of claps, plenty of cheers coming around when he, when he hit his maiden half century. And, and uh, similarly, when, when Brennan Doggett was lacing the ball to all areas of the ground, perhaps a little bit more fortuitous was, uh, was Brendan um, in that innings of 49, but it was very, very valuable. Uh, and then late in the day, South Australia picking up three big wickets, uh, including the, the opening pair of Nikitaris and Hughes, and then the blue skipper Curtis Patterson. So, yeah, I think it would take something special for a result to happen today, but cricket is a funny sport, just like you gentlemen would have seen yesterday with Western Australia pulling that one out of the bag against Queensland when um, it, it didn't look like that was going to be the case. So a couple of early wickets for South Australia, and they'll probably be thinking they could uh, uh, win their second consecutive game against the Blues after winning that that game at the end of last season that ended their, ended their drought. So, yeah, very, very interesting day. Extended day as well, so maximum of 112 overs we bowled uh, today down here in Wollongong. Uh, they were eight for 229, I think. That's when they lost mm. their last win. It looked as though that that was then, you know, going to be New South Wales with a big lead. Um, the drop mm. catch of, of Doggett, I believe he was dropped in slip early. Is that okay? So yep. On Rex, how, how difficult? Uh, it's, I think it was it was a pretty regulation chance, uh, Wayne. I think uh, I think Moses probably would have liked his time um, back again. I think both sides have, have been pretty good in the field, both in the air and, and on the ground. But there has been a, a couple of co- costly drops. We saw South Australia and um, Nathan McKenzie put down Dan Hughes when I think he was on two. He went on to score ninety one, and, and then Doggett, of course, dropped very early on. I, I don't know exactly what the score he was on, but he was on single digits and went on to make forty nine. So a couple of costly drops there for. For both sides, um, and now Henriquez finds himself in in with the bat. And I think he's kind of the key moving forward here, Wayne. If they were able to remove him early, um, there is a bit of batting to, to come. You've got the all-rounder Sean Abbott and Baxter Holt, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if there'll be a whole lot of conviction in the the Blues dressing room for, for the, the guys to come to, to be able to bat out the whole day. And I, I guess it's it's hard to know what uh, what New South Wales are hoping to get out of this game. It's probably the worst possible start to an innings late in the day to find yourself three down when. They would have loved to be, I'd say, none for 40 or none for 50 and trying to set this game up for a victory in the latter part of the afternoon. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult for New South Wales when you really look at it to be able to bat positively enough to get a lead that you know, that they then got to get 10 wickets. So you would think that if yeah. you're, you're working, you know, who's got the greatest chance? It'd be South Australia, but they need to get wickets mm. very quickly. Yeah, they do. And they've got the bowling attack to do it. The pitch is starting to play a little bit low now, Wayne. So, um, yeah, there's a few little dead spots um, at the northern end of the, the ground at Dalton Park. Um, uh, yeah, some dead spots where the ball is just staying a little bit low. Just had a couple of LBW shouts turned down for South Australia with the ball. So, yeah, there is a little bit in it for, for the bowlers. Um, I guess for for, uh, for for South Australia, probably been hamstrung a little bit that they, 
um, haven't gone to um, Benvenenti as much as some of the other broadcast folk would have liked, um, but the pace, pace men are doing the job and they're warming up just in front of me as I speak. So, yeah, it's, it's big as you know, that the first 40 to 45 minutes of, of this first session can really kind of lay the platform for what, what can come. But you also do feel that if New South Wales kind of get through this first hour, hour and a half unscathed, then we could be uh, petering out to, it, to another draw for the New South Wales to resume at 3 for 35, a lead of 113, the final day there at North Dalton Park in Wollongong. Alex Carey, 64 yesterday. Good to see Australia's test wicketkeeper in the runs ahead of a, a test summer. Yeah, second half century of the summer for Alex. He played very, very well. Would have been disappointed to, to get out when he did, and that kind of triggered a, a little bit of a mini collapse in the lower order for the South Australians. But he, yeah, he batted really, really well. I started slowly. I think it took him 18 balls to, to get off the mark. But once he, once he got that first single, he actually scored quite quickly. He wasn't trying to be overly aggressive, wasn't overplaying his hand, but just playing some really positive cricket, some lovely drives down the ground. And as you boys know, he's just so wonderful square of the wicket. Doesn't try and hit the ball too hard, was just easing the ball through the gaps and, um, yeah, was, was knocking the ball around the park and, and making New South Wales chase the weather for a good part of a, an hour and a half out in the middle. I was disappointed to see him get out because I thought he was, he was kind of odds on to, to, to get a really big score and I think he probably would feel that he, he left at least 15 or 20 runs out um, on the field, but, um, yeah, it, it is positive, I think, for, for him. And he had, and we mentioned this in commentary, he had a really good series in Pakistan. That is a very difficult place to go uh, anytime you can score uh, 180 runs in a, in a three-match test series. On the subcontinent as a batsman keeper, I think is positive, and he's he's certainly taken that momentum with him, not just in the, in the Sheffield Shield, but also in the One Day Cup as well. Jack Clifton's with us, uh, cricket commentator. He's covering the game between New South Wales and South Australia uh, in Wollongong. Final day ahead of them. Uh, what about um, the the New South Wales bowling attack? Ben Dwarshus. Yeah, he hasn't played any first class cricket before this year. He debuted over here in Perth at the Wacker. He's played so much white ball cricket. He's played for Australia in T20 internationals, but looks like he's got a, a future in first-class cricket, the way that he's bowled so far. Yeah, certainly. I think it's hard with players like Benny because sometimes they get a little bit pigeonholed as, as a short-form player. Um, and he's obviously had a wonderful career with the Sixers. He's broken his way into the Marsh One Day Cup set up in the last couple of summers for, for New South Wales. But he's always been a pretty good long-form bowler. He, uh, he captains uh, Sutherland Creek Club over here in the, in the grade competition um, and that's quite high up in, 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 in the top order for them. There's always been a really reliable bowler but I think what we're kind of seeing here, seeing in the flesh is, is just how much swing he gets. Um, he was able to get a bit of reverse swing yesterday. Just a toiling bowler, um, similar to Liam Hatcher, just one of those guys that can run through a brick wall for you. Really big engine as well, can bowl a lot of overs and uh, yeah, he, he, he got some really important wickets. So yeah, kind of got that four wicket haul against WA in, in the first innings and, and then kind of wasn't able to pick up a scalp in the next three. So it was, it was good from a New South Wales point of view and, and good for, for, for Ben, I, I imagine, to, to get amongst the, the wickets. And yeah, he, he bowled some really good line and lengths yesterday, which I think is, is positive for New South Wales because you, you, look, at their, you look at their bowling cartel and, and the likes of, of kind of your, your Stark, your Cummins, your Hazelwood, they're not going to play a lot of shield cricket. Now. We'll, be, we'll, we'll be lucky to see them play a game this year, and normally, on average, they're only playing one to two games. So it opens the door for a Ben Dwarshus or a, a Liam Hatch or a Daniel Sams to get an opportunity in first-class cricket, and you've got to take those chances when you get them, and that's exactly what Ben Dwarshus has done, and he's also a, a very handy lower at a bat, as we saw uh, in the last game against Queensland. We hung around for an hour um, over, over day three. So, uh, yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely one to keep an eye on for the New South Wales in the future. Trent Copeland can't get into this New South Wales team at the mm -hmm. moment. Uh, we know his, his next career is, is already chosen for him with his media work, but um, why can't Trent Copeland get a geek at the moment? 
Yeah, I think that's been the thing that us commentators have kind of been discussing um, in, in the corridors of commentary. There certainly hasn't been any word out of Cricket New South Wales as to why. Um, I, I, I think there was a few eyebrows raised when he did kind of sign on for uh, for another season or, or decided to decide to come back for, for another season for the Blues. Uh, 35 years of age, he's the, the third highest wicket-taker in um, New South Wales history in first-class cricket. Um, he's won a Sheffield Shield. He's played for Australia. Um, he's been part of a one-day cup um, Premiership winning team. I didn't think there was probably much more that, that Trent could could achieve in the game, but 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 we all know, Jacob, you and I, we're, we're still bitten by the cricket bug. We're still running around on Saturdays, so perhaps that's the that's the same same thing with, with Trent Copeland. But yeah, certainly hasn't been um, included in the, in in any of the the teams. I think he was included in the squad for the first game, but has uh, has had a look in in the last two games. So yeah, I, I'm unsure about that. I I, I was kind of. Uh, chatting with one of the other commentators the other day, saying, "Caps, is he is he there in a more mentorship role to try and mentor these young quicks coming through and, and being around the training environment, but not necessarily playing? But you think a player of his calibre, if New South Wales wanted to kind of finish up in the the highest spots in the Sheffield Shield uh, table, that that he would be there. He's still playing uh, for his his grade team, St George, um, and he's been yeah playing it Saturday for them in the, the Belvedere Cup, the first grade competition. So yeah, he's still running around, but uh, unfortunately, it looks as if um, yeah, he's not going to get much of a look in, uh, barring injuries and, and setbacks here for New South Wales this summer. Yeah, papers might have been stamped for Trent Copeland, but what a contributor over more than a decade of, of great service to a first-class cricket and, of course, played for his country as well early in his career. Uh, Jack, just to, uh, to finish, the depth in New South Wales batting stocks these days, is it still there? Mm. Because for so long, New South Wales have sort of set the benchmark for, for batting talent in this country. Have they got the depth right now? I think they have the depth. There's a lot of criticism in New South Wales and Sydney at the moment that uh, there isn't perhaps being enough stock put in the Sydney grade competition. Uh, there's, a, there's a fair few players, uh, you might remember the name Daniel Solway, who um, averaged close to 40 in first-class cricket but was quite unceremoniously dumped from the New South Wales side after a couple of low scores a few summers ago and hasn't really had much of a look in. Um, probably difficult as well, there was a second 11 match that New South Wales was set to play that ended up, uh, end up getting cancelled um, due to due to wet weather and, and a wet outfield. So there probably hasn't been the opportunities for those guys in that second-tier competition to get much of an, of an opportunity. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one because I think you look at someone like Jason Sanger today, I think it's a pretty important inning for him. Um, got a half century in the first innings, but probably should have gone on hit three figures, um, close to 31st-class games, averaging about 26 or 27. But you take out the, the, the century on first-class to build against England and Townsville in 2017 and... Uh, that later in that summer, the uh, the Sheffield Shield um, debut century for him against Tasmania, and all of a sudden that record's probably looking even a bit more shaky. So I think yeah, they they do have some quality in the lineup, and there is some some guys kind of in the stocks down. But uh, I, I guess and I'm not sure if it's the same with Western Australian cricket, but certainly when it comes to, to New South Wales cricket, there's a lot of value put um, in in the pathways in that under under-17, under-19 system, and I guess when they, they put in a lot of time and a lot of money to someone like a, a Jason Sanger and a Jack Edwards, um, that they want to see dividends uh, from there. They've also got Hayden Kerr potentially coming back. He had a good season with the bat last summer, so yeah, there is some options for them uh, down the track. Alright, we'll see if New South Wales can force a victory on the final day there at Wollongong. Jack, nice to chat over the last few days. We're just chatting off here. We might catch you in a couple of weeks uh, at the SCG for a huge game, WA and, and New South Wales. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, we, we see both sides at at full strength, and yeah, it'd be nice to, nice to catch up with you boys, and, and hope you have a lovely morning over there in the West. Good on you, Jack. Thanks for your time, and happy calling today uh, at Wollongong on the final day of that Sheffield Shield game.